It's a Thursday evening at Omen headquarters, and Isaac Cutter is studying a large dusty tome in the demonology department's grand library. He flicks through several pages, occasionally looking up to glance at the large vial full of red liquid suspended in protective oil. He brings his hand up to his beard, only to remember it was recently burnt off. He rolls his eyes in anger, and then looks down. A few seconds pass, before he quickly stands up and runs towards the elevator. Meanwhile, Ernie Nibble, the head of IT, sits in his office staring at geostationary satellite data. He is waiting for a program he wrote to finish analysing the image when he notices a dark smudge above the Atlantic Ocean. He flicks a switch to bring up a high-resolution photograph. He grins, hits the print key, and then runs downstairs. Dr Smedley sits in his laboratory. Lavinia has long since gone home for the night. He wipes down a morgue table and then goes back to working on one of his many gadgets. Suddenly, two men appear at the door. Excuse me, Dr Smedley. I think we know what's happening. What will happen next? Find out on this exciting episode of Omen. Hello, everyone. Hello. 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 Welcome back. It's been a while. It has. This is literally the first time you guys have like been together as the team since before Christmas, both in the game and out of the game. Mm. We're, we're really dedicated to role-playing as people who, who are, don't associate with each other unless it's absolutely <laughs> necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Um, we're going to be starting this new session. We're going to go on a new mission together. Uh, so I'm going to describe the scene that you're in. So you've all been on your own special missions over the Christmas period. Uh, and you've now been told by Omen that you have to go and meet in New Orleans. Uh, and you've been given the location in New Orleans. It's a hotel room. And you've all ended up at the hotel room. And you've all been given keys. And you've got into the hotel room. And you're all now sitting there waiting for Dr. Smedley to arrive. So I thought now would be a good time for you guys to chat. If you, if you wanted to talk about anything that happened in your one-on-ones, this would be the time to talk about it. Unless, of course, you want to keep what happened shtum. <laughs> well, I, I want to ask uh, Koala, how, uh, how was uh, your hospital stay? I heard you finally got out. Well, I can see, clearly, but, you know. Uh... I I might I might have burned Santa. <laughs> Santa? Santa, yeah. Uh, yeah, they did say there was a problem with him over Christmas. Was that you? I wouldn't say I'm the problem with Santa. I think Santa has much greater logistical problems than than me setting um, certain pieces of him on fire. But I could have been a problem of Santa. I, okay. I think by Santa, I think he means the head of demonology uh, who you had a run-in with. Yeah, uh, Isaac Cutter? Dr. Isaac Cutter, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. he, he, he he may have set his beard on fire. 
because as you may notice, Koala now has three metal fingers. The incident with the Combine Harvester kind of fucked his hand up a little bit, uh, and he's had new metal fingers placed in. Oh, thanks for that, by the way. I did not know how much like having just metal bits that replace my humanity would make me a better person. <laughs> well, I mean, you maybe should get out of the way of the Combine Harvester next time. Okay, slightly difficult when you're inside the giant pumpkin head, but I will keep that in mind. I'm I'm trying to take more feedback these days. Um, I've I've been through some things that have made me realize that perhaps I can do a better job of um, being a human being. Um, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm just I'm just think I just have a lot on my mind. Um, but I didn't burn Santa. I'm glad I didn't burn Santa. Santa Santa does essential work for children who uh, usually don't deserve it. Based off of my experiences, they'd be like, "I got this from Santa," and they were they were asses. They were absolute Jabransky uh, fucklords. So, well, I just mostly watched a lot of Netflix myself while you were in the hospital. How about you, Annabelle? You've been sitting there listening to this discourse. I just visited my daddy. I don't know what they've been doing, but don't sound like no vacation to me. Well, I, I wouldn't say they were on vacation. I mean, Koala was, was in a coma for most of his holiday. Well, kind of a vacation for the rest of us, I think. Oh, I was in a coma. Yeah. I didn't think that was worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> kind of well, important. It was kind of uneventful for you, I guess. No events happened at all. I did not get the taste of widespread bloodshed. Uh... <laughs> So along with this mission, you guys have brought some new items with you. So over the last couple of weeks, I've asked fans of the show to put in item ideas and item requests, and you guys have picked one each of these items. So uh, I'll start with Annabelle. What did you choose? I got the uh, Celestial Stove from David Ellis. Okay. What does it do? Uh, well, as far as I understand, it lets me have a more direct connection with God so I can... I talk to him a lot, but he don't talk back uh, directly, so I'm I'm hoping I can change that. Does he talk back in like an English accent? Uh, you know, <laughs> I never told anybody about that, but it's it's like not a good English accent, but it's definitely an English <laughs> accent. It like it, it grates a little bit. You feel like uh, I don't know. It's just a little bit of a douche. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, you guys are going to have a bad time this mission. I'm going to be angry, DM. Ooh. Oh, you're playing with fire right now. Oh, this is going to no, be... No, I'm just playing with Celestial Stone. Yeah, yeah, sure. So once a day, you can ask the Celestial Stone something, uh, and I must reply truthfully with either yes or no or true or false. Uh, I'm not allowed to give any other information, uh, but I can give you a yes or no answer. Uh, so that's your one. How about you, Dr. Martin? What did you choose? Okay, I got the um, Dr. Synapsos Amazing Letter Remover. Okay. <laughs> uh, by uh, This was submitted by a listener, uh, Guillermo, Guillermo Taves, I'm pretty sure. And I, okay. I practiced that name because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, <laughs> he... Uh, he makes a he made a really cool game called Eversion. You should check that out. Oh! But it's a um, gadget that I uh, get to like uh, zap a thing with it, and it 
transforms that object or living creature into another whose name is one letter removed from the original. What? So, like, you shoot a rabbit with it, and uh, you can make it a rabbi. <laughs> or vice versa. Uh, well, not vice versa, because you can only remove letters, as I understand. Oh, okay, so it's only remove. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I do love the, the detail that you can remove letters, that you can only remove letters makes this all make sense. Yeah. It makes it a lot harder to, uh, to do uh, cool stuff with it, too, but... Uh, what pray tell does this gadget look like? Because I'm I'm, tr- I'm I'm having trouble imagining this thing. What do you think it looks like? It's probably like. Um, Is it like one of those label makers? I was thinking more like a BlackBerry, like a really old BlackBerry, but like with some junk tape to it. Okay, so like bla- a BlackBerry with ticker tape. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, an enchanted BlackBerry. I like that one. Okay, that makes sense. Like it, yeah. like the, the 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 not the fruit, but the uh, <laughs> yeah, the tech. exactly the tech. Okay, that's that makes a lot more sense. And how about you, Mister Koala? Uh, as I said earlier, I've been uh, going through some things lately, and it's been making my sort of emotional state a little bit um, uncomfortable, uh, variable, uh, you might say, in an interview. If you were trying not to say that you're feeling like you go batshit insane at any moment, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> As a result, uh, I'm taking something called the para- uh, the passive aggressive parasol uh, submitted by listener Jimmy Sprinkles, and I'm thinking that if I have this parasol, um, its effect is that it will emit an energy at its target, forcing them to feel really hurt emotionally, but unsure why. And I already feel like that all the time, plus other emotions. So I'm thinking this will just make it all one consistent emotion and sort of make me. Uh, in a state more um, suitable to doing, you know, uh, the secret oper- uh, secret important operations that we're trying to do. That's true. Okay, so you're going to be constantly, permanently in a fugue state. A little bit, yeah. Uh, that 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 sounds like a safe state for a human being to be in. Yeah, sure. Comparatively. Okay, so as you guys are sitting there, you suddenly hear a knock at the door. Do you want to open the door? No. I know, yeah, I stare at everyone else. Ah, uh, say hello. Uh, you hear from outside, Hello, can you let me in? Oh, okay, fine. I'll walk over and get the door. Okay, as soon as the door opens, in comes Smedley, uh, and he's covered, he's got his lab coat on, but he's covered in beads. And he goes, Party! I close the door again. <laughs> Do you slam it on him? Yes. Okay, you slam it on him. I, I take a chair from inside the hotel room and I sort of prop it against the door. <laughs> okay, you lock, you push the chair against the door and he starts banging on it and goes, Come on, guys! I, I, I need to get in. I need to tell you about your mission. You can do that from out there. We can see you through the eye hole. Cap- uh, it- I don't know a lot about them beads, but I'm pretty sure you get them by flashing other people. And I'm very concerned about what I've got been nothing doing. underneath this lab coat. Uh, Definitely not letting you know. Every time you flash someone, you're getting another bead. He had hundreds of beads on his neck. He's been very liberal over the last like hour and a half. We don't have to open that door, do we? No, he can tell us man here. Okay, so he he goes to the window uh, and he sort of like sticks his head like <laughs> out through the door and goes, "All right, all right, guys. So, uh." I, I've got I've got a mission for you. Okay. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to monitor and find the vampire queen, 
we've been using satellite imagery to check like locations around France and around Paris, and we eventually managed to catch her. We saw her flying from Paris over to Louisiana. She flew across the Atlantic Ocean. It feeds through a um, tiny Polaroid through the window, uh, and it lands on the floor. Does anyone want to go and pick up the po- tiny Polaroid? I look at everyone else. I, I, I can do it. Go on. <laughs> I don't know where he's been keeping that. Oh, just, just before my hand touches the Polaroid, I hear that comment, and I kind of <laughs> hesitate. I, I, I look at the Polaroid on the floor. Okay, so on the Polaroid, uh, you see what looks like a sort of giant insect creature with large wings, kind of like the wings you saw on the Vampire Patriarch in Paris. It's got a really large abdomen and what looks like a humanoid top half. And Smedley, like, yells through the window, That's her. That's the Vampire Queen. That's who we're after. Gross. Isaac's been, like, looking at the red liquid that we found in Egypt and also in Paris, um, and he's managed to decide what it is. Could you please let me in? Koala, could you get the chair? Uh, yeah, uh, uh... Annabelle, can you uh, can you help me with this uh, bed? What? <laughs> Excuse me. I uh, with with Annabelle's help, I want to pick up the bed and sort of prop it against the window. <laughs> can we not? Can we move on, please? Well, no, no, no. We're gonna do it. Um, suppose we're rolling strength to figure this out. I got a two. Okay, I got a, I got an eleven. Okay, you don't manage to move the bed. Um, <laughs> Smedley manages to push the door open and comes into the room, and he pulls out of his pocket a tiny vial of the red liquid. Say hello to the tears of Set. Who? Set. Hello. There we go. Finally, you get to say hello to something animal. <laughs> <laughs> this liquid here. This is a ritualistic potion. It was created during the times of. Did like, you say the- that was ritualistic lotion? No, ritualistic potion, not lotion. Okay. It's drinkable. You don't put it on your skin. I bet. I bet it would be bad if you did put it on your skin, though. Oh yeah, incredibly. But what it what it what it seems to do is it separates the uh, human soul from the body, and it mimics death. It mimics death. Yeah. So the person isn't technically dead, but they are like separated from their body. Wait, but the body is dead. The body is technically dead, yeah, but the person is still somewhere. But can the soul come back then? Yeah, the soul is somewhere. We've been walking around the Egyptology Museum trying to find um, your old friend Edmund Black, but he's nowhere to be found, so we're not entirely sure what's happened to him. But he was... didn't he die from getting smashed by Koala? I I mean, um, we really hope you find him soon. He was uh, a kind and good person? And I miss him dearly. If his soul is still there, we could possibly put him into another body. We don't know, though. But for some reason, these vampires are trying to use it to do something. We don't know. So this is why we need you to get to the bottom of it. And we think that they are producing this stuff here somewhere in Louisiana. And you want us to stop them? And we want you to stop them. Yeah, okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. So we want you to go and find out who it is, stop them, and potentially, if you can, capture the vampire queen. Can we just kill her instead? It's just, I, it just seems like a hassle. Kill, that's fine. Just, just blow her up. I don't give a, I don't give a damn. Just stop whatever the hell she's doing because I don't trust this. I don't like it at all. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. Like we separate souls all the time back at Omen, but this is, 
this is something bigger. This is something dangerous. Mm. Do, do we do we know uh, if the vampire queen is really that bad, though? I don't know. I don't know her motives. That's the thing. I have no idea why she's doing this. Interesting. So, so you hate things you don't know? Um, I suppose. No, not really. Like, like vampires don't tend to be nice people. Like, they don't because they are they are an alien species. They don't really think like we do, uh, and they tend to just colonize and wipe out. So. Just because they don't think like you, then they're wrong. Is that what you're saying? They bury themselves inside human beings, eat them from the inside out, and then kill them. Yeah, I, I'm with Smedley here. Come on, Like, guys. I'm not going to lie. That is pretty pretty bad. Like, that's on, like, the, the chaotic evil kind of spectrum. Well, we can't go around assuming that all the vampires are going to be all the same. Nah, well... Like, we don't know. Maybe she's different. Well, I'm sure that you'll get to talk to her at some point if you can find her. Anyway, come with me. We're going to go and do some scouting. Before we leave, more more clothes, please. More cl- Even just a bed sheet. Just- uh, okay, fine. Uh, so he grabs one of the bed sheets and he wraps it around him like a toga. <laughs> and he goes, toga party! Actually, maybe he has a point. And I'm taking off my clothes and putting on one of the curtains as a toga as well. I throw my hands up and walk out first. Okay. I gingerly pull a napkin out of my prison purse and I go pick up the picture and put it away to keep it with us. <laughs> okay, so the three of you and Smedley walk out of the hotel room. Uh, you go down the stairs, and outside there is a quite loud, quite exciting carnival going on. Um, could you please all roll for observation? Alright. Yeah. Wow, I got an eight. Five. I got a 19. Wow, okay. Yeah, I want to observe all the things at once. Your eyes are drawn to a large stall on top of the stall, there is a sign that says, Visit the Town of Phantom. Cheap real estate, it says underneath it, in like big bold letters. Meanwhile, because uh, Martin rolled the lowest observation, uh, Martin is walking along in this big crowd, and he kind of gets a little bit lost away from everyone else. Oh. So he's sort of like trying to find his way through the crowd. Ooh, poor boy. <laughs> Annabelle and Koala, do you want to go up to the stand? I'll just follow Koala. Where's he going? I'll head to the stand. I've, I've always sort of imagined myself as uh, owning cheap real estate. <laughs> do you like cheap real estate? Are you into that? Is that something you, something Koala would be into? It's sort of, if I feel like at the back of my mind that I might own several pieces of cheap real estate. I've never considered this possibility before. But Potentially, like he doesn't remember much. It sounds quite likely. Yeah. <laughs> the two of you and Smedley go up to the stall and you are sort of looking around and there's sort of a small crowd gathering. Meanwhile, Dr. Martin, you've noticed the stall and I assume you're probably going to want to start heading towards it. You've seen Koala and Annabelle and Smedley standing near it. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, I bought a po'boy to go, so I'm good now. Okay, could you please roll for agility? Uh, sure. That's a 10? So like, medium? Okay. So as you're walking towards them, you feel a like fist grab your collar and pull you down a nearby alleyway. Do I have to roll to make sure I don't drop my po' boy? Um, sure. Roll for luck. Seventeen. My po' boy is intact. You keep the po' boy. Yeah, you're safe. <sighs> Doctor Martin, you are now up against the wall, and there is a man who looks kind of like uh, Val Kilmer from Top Gun mixed with Guy Fieri. <laughs> Okay. And he's 
holding you up against the wall. I take my money. I, 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 I don't have anything. You're from Omen, right? I, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't bullshit me. I know what I know. You're from Omen. What do you want? If you and your friends don't leave here, and if you try and fuck with me, if you try and take that vampire queen before I can neutralize it, I will shoot every last one of you. Okay? Who are you? My name is Payton Steele. I work for Gamma. <laughs> don't you laugh at my name. Don't you laugh at my name. Sorry, it's a proud, sorry. proud American name. Okay? Yep. Don't sorry. you laugh at my name. Okay? Okay. If I see any of you in that town, in that town of Phantom, I will shoot every last one of you if you get in my way, okay? Got it? Uh, well, okay. Uh, and he, like, roughs you up a little bit, and then he walks off down the the alleyway. Do I have the uh, item that I wanted yet, or is that coming later? Um, you have got the item, yes. Yes, I want to shoot him with it. Why? I want to rename him, because he has a shitty name. To what? Uh, Peyton Teal, I guess, since I can only remove a letter. I don't think it works like that. Oh, okay. I'm That's sorry. Fun. You have to turn it into an actual word, unfortunately. Ah, uh, fine. Um, so you are now alone in the alleyway, feeling a little bit sort of shocked. Do you want to go and find the other guys? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm gonna finish my po boy here on the alley floor, and then go out there and meet them. Okay. Doctor Martin comes out of the crowd towards the three of you standing there near the big stand, and all of you then look up at the guy standing on the stand. This man is standing there. He's reasonably young. Um, he's got brown hair, reasonably attractive, uh, and he is trying to sell real estate. And he goes. Step right up, step right up. Come to the town of Phantom. We are a mining town. We are looking for people to increase the population. Please come. We're offering super cheap real estate. You can get a house for $5. A $5 house. Guys, guys, um, we have to go there. I'm like 90% of Vampire Queen is in that town. Well, here's the thing. I, I, I think you might actually have some interesting information for me. I, I go up to the man and I say... Hey, um, it's a reasonably small town, I'm assuming, right? A uh, very, very small town. Uh, we suffer and, from and the... And by increase of population, I, I don't care about what you're saying. And by <laughs> increase of population, you mean, you don't mean that you need us solely for reproductive purposes. No, not not for solely reproductive purposes. We're, I'm talking uh, mostly just... Primarily reproductive services? No, no, we just we just want people to bring life to the town. The, the town's been dead for, for, for many years, and we're just trying to revitalize things, bring bring new blood to the place, you know? Is there a limit on how many houses I can buy? Uh, not really. I mean, we, we, we want more people to come, so we probably put... I probably I dump uh, $200 from my wallet oh, on the table, holy and I shit. buy as many houses in the town as he lets let me. How many houses is that? Well, he looks at you and goes, I'm, I'm afraid That's that... That's 40 houses. That is 40 houses. He goes, I'm afraid that I'm not going to sell you all... Give me 40 houses. Come on. Well, no, we, we want... The $5 house is a lie! $5 houses. We want one per like one per group of people. We don't want... We are a group of people who are all going to make little people when we get to Phantom. Now give us our fucking houses. Where are your children going to live? Can we at least roll for persuasion on it? Okay, roll for <laughs> persuasion on it, Dr. Martin. Oh, come on. That's a five. Uh, here, I'm also rolling for persuasion. <laughs> That's a six. All right, he's having none of it. He goes, right, do you, do you want a house or not? Fine, I'll take one house, please. Okay, so he hands do you... Do you have records of everyone who's previously bought houses in Phantom? 
Yeah, we do at the parish. So, could you tell me whether or not I already have houses there? Um, roll for luck. Alright. I got <laughs> a two. You do not already have a house there. <laughs> so he hands you a contract, uh, Dr. Martin. Okay. Could you look at it, please? Yes, I'm looking at the contract. Could you roll for focus? Sure. Eleven? Okay, so you look at this contract, and you feel kind of strangely empowered. <laughs> you look at this contract, and you, you, you're you able to sort of like... Yeah! Like, yeah, yeah, paperwork! Yeah, you're looking at it. I got this. You've, you've got this for some reason. Like, you, you feel like... You've, you could do this paperwork really quickly and, and you can check there's no loopholes. Yeah. So that's what you do. You sit there and skim through it very quickly um, and you find that it's it's pretty it's a pretty simple contract. It's just for buying a house. Um, and you own the house. Guys, I think I found a new hobby. Paperwork. Are you sure you don't mean like real estate? Maybe. Maybe it's real, real estate paper. I don't know. That was just so fulfilling for some reason. Yeah, you just felt really, really empowered by the paperwork. So are you going to sign it? Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like, you It know, does seem like a perfectly legitimate contract. It's also like, you know, if this paperwork is the sex, then the, the signature is the climax, Oh, God, right? yeah. That's how this works. Yeah, you are about to, you're <laughs> about to climax all over that page. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Roll for creativity. Wow. We are, we're marked as explicit, uh, right? Yeah, we are marked as explicit. <laughs> Roll for creativity. Five. You draw a squiggle. It's really shit. Like, it's the worst okay. signature ever. <laughs> I asked the guy, was it as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> he goes, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, and he then goes, all right, walk with me. I'm going to take you to the town. Is he now just sort of smoking a cigarette, but just like really depressed? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. he picks up a cigarette and he lights it, um, and the four of you make your way from the stage down the road, and he goes, uh, The town of Phantom is only accessible by airship. Well, you should maybe mention that before I sign the contract. Well, you know, it, so it used to be, it used to be um, accessible by a road, but uh, there was a lot of flooding recently, um, and there's no way to get to it without getting by our airship. Stop, stop. Every word is just depreciating the value of my $5 house. Well, you ain't going to be selling it for a while, I can tell you that. I'll buy it off of you for $10. Sold! Actually, if that ain't in the small print on the contract, doesn't this breach the contract? No, no, it doesn't. I checked. So the four of you go around the corner, uh, and the guy gestures to a very large, very impressive purple airship. It's quite like Art Deco, um, and it's very, very pretty. And he goes, this is the Banshee. That's uh, not a great name for a, such a like pretty ship, right? It's the name we chose. I mean, Banshee, you would think this thing would look scary. Well, it, like we, 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 uh, we, we chose the name uh, based on the lore of our little town. Uh, and we thought it fit. Uh, you know, Banshee, Phantom, it kind of works, you know? Well, I suppose. And he ushers you on board the airship do you want to follow him yeah sure how about you koala are you are you happy with going on an airship <laughs> i feel like it is but i also feel like he he sort of i don't want to be rude but like he kind of cock blocked my real estate deal so i'm not sure how to feel about that well i'm sure that you can probably end up buying a house at some point you could probably convince him at some point to get to have a second house koala i'll sell you my house for 15 dollars. see but he said that we wouldn't be you wouldn't be able to sell it anytime soon, and I don't want to prove him a liar. Ooh. 
Um, I've been hurting a lot of people lately, and I feel like this is the first step on my road to recovery. You can have it for free if you want. I feel like it's probably not worth $5. It seems unlikely. Okay, yeah. So I need to talk to him about getting this contract assigned in my name. Potentially. I mean, like, like now it is Martin's. Martin could probably draw you up a contract at some point to swap the ownership to you. Yeah, once we get on the... On the uh... Airship, I ask Annabelle for a napkin and write a contract saying, Koala owns my house now. <laughs> On a napkin. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll find some place really, we'll find some place quiet and private to do that sweet paperwork. Yeah, exactly. So you get onto the airship. Uh, it's quite like luxurious inside. There's some really nice like leather seats, there's um, some bedrooms, and, and it's quite, quite an impressive vehicle. Uh, and after a couple of minutes, the airship itself lifts off the ground, uh, and you are now floating over the Swamplands. Why do they call them Swamplands? Because it's swampy. And you can find out more about the Swamplands in uh, the next episode. So I'll see you next time. Bye! The Omen podcast is powered by Ellipsis RPG, the accessible donationware rule set, now available on itch.io. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. You can tweet to us at the hashtag OmenCast, that's O-M-E-N-Cast, and who knows, you might get a special mention in one of the episodes from us. Thank you for listening, and remember, stay vigilant. You never know what's out there. Hi there. The show you just listened to is a member of the Necropodicon Podcast Network. Head over to necropodicon.com to find tons of other shows you'll love. While you're there, check out the cast and crew profiles and fan art galleries.